This episode of the You and Me podcast is brought to you by Jewelry Collection by Montana Pitt. No matter what you decide to just enjoy the process and make sure that every element to what you're planning is true to you and your partner. And if you do do that and you stick to that, you can't go wrong. Don't worry if things don't go to plan because nobody there knows the plan except you. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today we are interviewing Montana Pitt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, ladies. I'm so excited to be joining you guys, finally. And we are excited to interview. I mean, your wedding was uh, 2018, I think, quite a while away. Yes, I had to like last night do a deep dive into all of like our wedding albums. My husband came in and sprung me like watching me watching myself walk down the aisle and he could tell that's what I was watching because I walked down the aisle to bagpipes and he's like oh, oh my god are you serious hon? sitting there crying in your wedding dress um we might rewind now for those who don't know who you are explain to us a little bit about yourself who you are what you do So um, I'm Montana Pitt. I'm a publicist. I have a PR and events agency called The Audience Agency. I am a wife to my husband, Nick, a mother to my almost two-year-old daughter, Parker, and almost soon to be born in seven weeks, second daughter, and our French bulldog, my fur baby, Harper. (laughs) And we're just talking offline. You've had a bit of a horrible um pregnancy feeling really sick and uh falling down the stairs yes I have (laughs) essentially spent the last eight months spewing my lungs out and yes I fell down two stairs before we went into lockdown and um broke my ankle and fractured my coccyx so it's been a real you're having um, a good run journey (laughs) it's not been the best run but I'm on the home stretch now and obviously with the um, kind of announcement that of our roadmap to freedom in Sydney, I can't complain. It's all hopefully going to be onwards and upwards from here. Uh, Do you reckon Gladdy B can send down a roadmap for Victoria? (laughs) Because Uh, I I swear to God. Oh, I'm just like, do you know what? They've done all the hard work. Can we just adapt it, please? Can we have a roadmap? Oh, my goodness. At least it gives you something to strive towards, right? Yes, exactly. I think, like, it's literally a week or, like, 10 days. Everything opens up before I have this baby. So I'm like, mm. cool, I'm going to have, like, a five-day window and then and I'll then go back into in lockdown. lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> baby lockdown. But as I said, look, after everything this year has brought me, I'm like, if I can walk on my two legs, I am fine. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. It definitely makes you appreciate things, doesn't it? Yes, it does, the little yeah. things. So little I can't things. complain. Uh, now, tell us, how did you meet your now husband, Stick? How, were you guys together for ages, uh, lifelong friends? How did it all begin? So we met by a mutual friends that, were we were like I was my girlfriend's wingwoman and he was his mate's wingman so like they were dating 
and we were the, the wing people and then we ended up dating. <laughs> I love this. Oh, wait, I'm confused. Wait, can we start? You, wait. Start so I was my, so one of my friends, one of my girlfriends, I was kind of being her wing woman while she was oh. dating this guy. Yeah. And the guy's wingman was Nick. Did they, did they, did they end up together? No. <laughs> well, something good came out of it. <laughs> yes, but Nick and I came out of it. So that was fab. Initially, actually, we laughed about it, you know, when Nick and I got engaged, because I actually never realized that when we first started hanging out, I would always say to my girlfriend, oh, that friend that's always with him is so annoying, like talking about Nick, because I'm always stuck with him. I'm like, oh, my God, he does my head in. <laughs> and then I don't know what changed, but something must have changed and I got over it because <laughs> here we because are. Because here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Three years almost married and two ki- almost two kids. So, Is he still, still annoying? <laughs> I mean, I guess people can grow on you, can't they? Yes, 100%. And I think, yeah. like, obviously in the early days, it was so kind of forced that we were hanging out. So eventually everyone relaxed and we hung out a bit more and then it was love. <laughs> it was love. And so were you guys, you guys lived, obviously, because you were all friends, lived close by to each other. Um, you were together for a few years before Nick proposed. How did How did it all go from wing people to lovers how did he propose oh my god it took so freaking long to propose (laughs) I was literally at my wits end we had gone on a trip a few months before he proposed to Europe and I was like obviously he's gonna propose on this trip we're going to Italy I was like it just makes sense and like I had all my outfits planned particularly the first stop was Venice Mm-hmm. And every, you know, night I had all these outfits and like, I think maybe five nights in, he was like, Mon, I'm not going to propose to you on this trip. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> on the plane home, I was like, now is your last chance, homeboy. He's like, I told you I was not going to do it on this trip. I was like, Ugh. so I feel like a few months later, he proposed, he surprised me, he covered it up. Um, and made out like it was going to be a birthday celebration for him with his parents and my parents, which is what we would normally do. Mm. So I had no idea. Um, he actually pissed me off so much the night before. He'd got, he, obviously he was nervous, gone out, played golf with his friends and like got blind. Um, <laughs> and I had come home from a work event and I was exhausted and there was like, a, you know, enough of portos to feed 50 people on our kitchen (laughs) island and I was just like what the fuck you are a pig so the morning the day he proposed that morning I was fuming at him like I sent him text saying he was like do you still love me I was like no I was like don't talk to me lose my number I was (laughs) finished with him and I had a client like Christmas lunch that day and then I was supposed to go and meet our parents and Nick for his birthday dinner. And I honestly was so close to not going because I was that angry. I was like, nah, he can explain to my parents and his parents why I haven't showed up to his birthday dinner. Anyways, eventually I did show up late and quite tipsy. And (laughs) (laughs) I showed up to Sean's Panorama in Bondi 
their private room and it was all set up with flowers and candles and I was obviously so caught off I was so caught off guard that I was like oh look how nice this looks someone must be like having a bit of a soiree in here and kind of went to usher Nick through like let's go into the restaurant Hmm. and he's like no 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 this is for you and I was like ha 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 very funny and then he dropped down on one knee and I was like I get it you're sorry don't worry I won't make a scene in front of our parents it's fine and he was like no no I'm on one knee and I was like I've got it you're really sorry like let it go and then he and then he opened the ring box and I was like oh my god you're proposing the moment is finally here and I was just like oh my god I'm so angry at you I've had way too many wines at lunch this is not the outfit that I had in mind like (laughs) totally caught me off guard and it was the best surprise ever and I think I'm quite a hard person to surprise because I'm so I'm such the organizer and across everything yeah so he did a good job he did a good job and I love that he pre I love that he pre-warned you on the trip that it wasn't going to happen like I'm going to let you down gently Mon just look wear your best dress out every night doesn't matter don't save it it's not going to happen here honestly like oh the one night we were going to Harry's and I had like, that was the night that I was like, I mean, he's obviously going to do it this night. And (laughs) I squished myself into this dress. We ended up having to leave the dinner early because the dress, I had to unzip it. I couldn't breathe in it. And he was like, what on earth were you thinking? That's when it really came to a head that night on our Mm. walk home where he had to walk behind me because my dress was unzipped at the back. And I was like, I thought you were going to propose to me tonight and this was the outfit. And he was like, I told you I wasn't going to. <laughs> it's called fashion, darling, fashion. Seriously. <laughs> oh, he knows now, but, you know, what can you do? We got what, there eventually. You got there. That's it. <laughs> and so you went to tell us your because of your industry that you're in, you would have, you've got, you know, your finger on a digital pulse. How did you go and... Sometimes with Instagram and the digital world, having too many choices almost makes it too hard to choose anything. Where did you begin your wedding planning process? Um, hiring Georgie Duddy from After yes. the Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although obviously I um, work in an event, you know, PR and events industry. I wanted mm-hmm. some support from someone who was immersed in the wedding industry. Yeah. And I met Georgie and she was just totally aligned with my vision. Um, and yeah, so she was with us from day dot. Um, and I think next step was then just figuring out like what we, she kind of gave me this PDF and it was literally like a 30 page questionnaire that Nick and I had to go through and answer, which was amazing because I don't know, I've never been the girl that sat around like envisioning my wedding. Mm. So when it happened, I didn't have like a vision per se. We just knew that we wanted it to be fun, um, everyone to have a good time, you know, those kind of like very general ideas, but not, I didn't have a specific um, vision. So kind of going through that process, that PDF with her, and then having a few meetings with her, we were able to really hash out what it is that we wanted. And then we went from there. I think the hardest part initially was finding a venue because that kind of sets the tone Mm. for everything else. And um, and because Nick took so long to propose, I couldn't have a European wedding, which is what I 
probably would have wanted. So I then was like, okay, I want to find, rather than a wedding venue, I wanted to find a a venue where I could kind of make it my own. So mm-hmm. it seemed like a property would be best suited. And then Nick liked the idea of having something away so that all of our friends and family kind of went away for our wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we didn't want it to be too far. We wanted it to be, you know, like a two hour drive max away. Mm-hmm. So um, Georgie kind of based on that brief, put together a whole list of properties for us to go and look at and actually the first property I looked at was the property that I decided on and I didn't look at anything else. <laughs> and what was that property? Redleaf in Wollumbi. Yeah, and why did you choose it? Um so as I said we were looking for something or well, I had envisioned a European vibed wedding and when I pulled in on that property I was just like okay, so this is a slice of Europe in the Hunter Valley. Mm. This is perfect. And the Hunter Valley, we, Nick and I have had many a weekend there. Um, We love it. So it also was super relevant to us that it was the Hunter. It wasn't like a random location that we've never been to before. So it all just kind of came together. And also going there at the time, I mean, since Nick and I got married there, there's been a plethora of amazing weddings that have been hosted there. But at the time I hadn't seen anyone else get married there. So I also, it was a whole fresh new venue that I was just like, yes, I can make this my own. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about putting your, if you can't get exactly what you want, it's about putting unique and personal touches of your own in there to make it, you know, what you wanted. A hundred percent. And the thing with having it um, at Redleaf was that it's not, well, it's very much used as a wedding venue now, but at the time it was just a private property. So it meant that I wasn't handicapped with being pigeonholed into particular things in terms of decor or setup or anything, because I had to bring everything in myself. Yep. So we could choose the location of where we did the reception, where we did the ceremony, where we were going to set up the kitchens, where every single little detail, Georgie and I were able to map out to what we wanted so that it was completely my own. That's so good. And so you're able to lean on Georgie with, obviously she's got so many incredible suppliers that she can, you know, utilize together to create a really beautiful aesthetic did you have any other I mean you you went and found the venue but did you have any other suppliers that you knew that you wanted to work with specifically like all of them like (laughs) oh yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) poor Georgie no we actually work so well together and um she was so flexible on I, I obviously like with me from day one she knew what she was getting herself into <laughs> with me um ball breaker client so yes I was very particular about the um suppliers we used obviously um you know we had Saskia from Grandiflora do all the florals and mm. we cre- we really wanted to as I said the grounds were so amazing I didn't want to kind of like have a, a, like floral installation I just wanted to build on what was already there so we actually spent say like a lot of our floral budget on plants like we brought in 
more plants to create to further like embellish the gardens that were already there the boys who own the property even let me plant hydrangeas in their flower beds because I wanted to have like white lush hydrangeas as you walked into where we had the reception so things like that we um worked with Saskia to achieve and then Mia Hawkswell was in charge of putting together the hair and makeup team I work with Mia like weekly <laughs> so of course Mia was involved um then Cook and Waiter did all of our catering and David from Cook and Waiter is just phenomenal so that was like a no-brainer as well but then say someone like Bailey who did our photography Georgie introduced me to Bailey and she was amazing I am obsessed with her still mm. to this day mm. and get her to, and suggest her to all of my friends for their weddings. My sister's actually getting married in February. She's doing my sister's wedding. So there were like so many suppliers. Also, obviously, particularly because it was at Redleaf, we had to bring everything in. So every single thing came from mm. somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> nothing was there. So yeah, this, we had a lot of suppliers, but definitely... Georgie and I worked together to um, pull all the right people in. It was the dream team, honestly. Mm. I just am obsessed with every supplier that we used. Did you think doing it all yourself would be a cost-effective more so option or did you go into it with the mindset that we can't go over our budget if we don't have one in the first place? It is certainly not a cost-effective option. <laughs> Let me give you the red hot tip. If you want to stick to your budget, <laughs> have your wedding at a wedding venue that already has chairs and cutlery and plates because bringing everything in is costly. And also a lot of my suppliers that I wanted to work with, obviously are Sydney-based, so mm. accounting for travel time and accommodation for everyone to come from Sydney to up to the property you know I think um we got married on a Friday I think Saskia and her team from Grandiflora were in the Hunter Valley from the Tuesday bumping in mm. so there's a lot of allowances you need to like accommodate for um so yes to answer your question I blew the budget <laughs> but you know what it's like it's your one special day you're only meant to do it once and it was exactly how I wanted it to be. So worth it. So worth <laughs> Dipped it. Dipped into my savings a bit, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm. And how you said like you brought stuff in, um, you even because you had like a big tent on, on the property. So you had tables and I even saw a photo, like did you bring in flooring for the tent? Like a wooden floor? Yeah. So you did bring in quite a lot of things. Um to add on to the property as well was there anything else kind of that took you by surprise that you had to bring in that you didn't perhaps think think of look I don't think anything took me by surprise to be honest only because of like my background, background in events yeah I'm aware of what a big production it was going to be um but like it was annoying things like say like the toilets like I was like oh they cost mm. so to bring in <laughs> and obviously you want to have nice ones not like a portaloo so mm -hmm. we had these like luxe style portaloos 
And I was just like, every time I looked at the line sheet of the budget and saw that amount, I was like, oh. and everyone just, just didn't what? Behind yeah. the bush? Like, this is so annoying. <laughs> it's all those little costs that brides do not realise until they start to get quotes through is that toilets, it's like this the post-it note, right? Like everybody needs a toilet, yet there is not many nice ones available. So when you've got to go and find a really good one, they are expensive. Yes, and it's like they know that they're the only good one, so they yeah. charge <laughs> And then we had to ship them up from Sydney. So you can imagine like everything <laughs> accumulated. But as I said, it was all to like Nick and I's vision and specification. So that's what unfortunately Nick got dragged into by marrying me. So <laughs> um, it definitely made it our own. And then with your dress, can you tell us a little bit about it? Because I know that your style is quite, um, I would say like you have almost like a bit of a masculine edge to things that you perhaps wear, but then your dress was kind of opposite to the style that I see you wearing on your Instagram page. So girly, that dress. So I feel like when I started looking at dress, I had, as I said initially, I didn't have like a big wedding vision going into getting engaged and into the process. So I didn't really have a vision for what I would wear as a dress either. So as soon as I got engaged, I went and did a dress fitting at David Jones with my mum just to try on a whole range of dresses. And I feel like as soon as I did that, it was the best thing because there were just certain styles that I was like, that just does not look good on me. So Mm. we'll scrap that. And just trying to narrow down certain things that I wanted in from the dress anyways then I made an appointment at Helen Rodriguez I cannot say her last name um and I was trying on a few dresses and kind of was like the thing is also like with what I do and going to so many beautiful events and black tie functions I really a lot of the dresses I put on as beautiful as they were I was like to my mum I feel like this is something I would wear to an event. Like I don't feel like a bride and this is like a special moment. And Mm -hmm. I really want to feel like a bride. Like I want to be in a gown. So um, that was kind of my difficulty. So Helen then suggested my dress, the Imbal gown. And I was like, nah, that's like, it's got a bow and like it's all embellished. It's too much. Like I thought I'd wear something a bit like more of a cleaner silk. And she was like, can you please just trust me? Just put it on. Like, what's the harm? I was like, fine. Well, I've got my clothes off. I might as well. And I put it on and I was like, oh, my God, this is the dress. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? And I think so many brides do go through that, is that you've got a vision in your head and what you want to look like or what you think you will look like. But any bridal designer you talk to, they always suggest that you try on everything that you would like plus all the things you think you would never put on because chances are one of those could be the one. A hundred percent. I mean, you're not trying on wedding dresses on the rig. So how do you know until you start trying everything on? Yeah. So I'm so happy I listened to her. It was actually quite funny because I initially ordered the dress in blush and, and which was quite outrageous because I actually – and one for all the wedding traditions. Okay. So, okay. Um, that would have been very like, far. 
Yeah. So I was really like, I, you know, I was ordering a dress that was embellished with a bow and it was blush. I was like, I am freaking crazy. (laughs) And then we, I was at home maybe like a week later and Nick and I were looking at something. I can't remember what it was. And someone had a blush gown on and he was like, oh, that's so weird. It's pink. She's wearing a pink wedding dress. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean she's wearing a pink wedding dress? No, she's not. It's blush. And it's got a white overlay. And he's like, he's looking at me like, you're a psycho. Why are you getting so defensive over this person's wedding dress? And I was like, I, I think it's beautiful. He's like, no, 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 no. Like a bride needs to walk down the aisle in a white dress. I was uh, like, I was like a drip sweating, trying to like text my mom without him noticing what I was doing. Being like, oh my fucking God, we need to change my dress white. Anyways, thank God, Helen hadn't placed the order but then I was dressed because I hadn't seen it in white she hadn't done it in white before it was blush with a white overlay okay like the lace was white yep so anyway I was just like no it has to be white because Nick literally just said there's no way I like I could walk down the aisle in anything but white so I that was my big kind of like ah! moment with the dress yeah yep. <laughs> through me but I ordered it in white and it was perfect. So it all worked out. It all worked out. Yeah. Do you know what, isn't it funny? Because looking at that dress, I actually can't envision, and I generally have a pretty good, I can think outside the box. I can't envisage it, can't even say that word, in blush. Like to me, that in white is just perfection. Like I couldn't even think it could come in anything else. So yeah. But it would have been really intimidating. Yeah, I was like, oh shit. But it was, it's a very like, you wouldn't even notice. But most that most women who have worn that gown have it in blush. You wouldn't even realize. Mm. But um, you know, had to do had to do what the groom expected. <laughs> Keep it traditional. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so with with your dress, I mean, look, that's it's a little bit of a, that was a bit of a heart palpitating moment, but with all your other suppliers and bringing everything together with Georgie on your wedding day, did everything go to plan for you guys? There was no hiccups other than obviously, you know, you've mentioned trying to get everything from Sydney, which, which is tough. We've got a few weddings up there next year and I'm finding that very hard. Yeah. You need to find a really good truck driver Mm. who you can do a deal with. (laughs) (laughs) And how did your wedding day go? It was perfect. Um, honestly, if anything didn't go to plan, Georgie did a really good job of covering it up because I was none the wiser. Um, yeah, it was all perfect. I wouldn't change anything. It was literally my dream day. Tell us, run, run through that day if you can for us. So um, I got up in the morning and all my bridesmaids came over and we had breakfast. Then um, the hair and makeup team arrived and I set up in a separate room to my bridesmaids just so that I could have a bit of breathing room and space. All my bridesmaids are very, were very big, are very big personalities. So I was conscious, like I really feed off everyone's energy in it which can sometimes be a good thing and a bad thing so I was very conscious of having a little escape Mm -hmm. so we all set up we had music pumping and it was just such a fun day and it just flew by obviously everything had been like the bumping started a few days earlier for the wedding so 
but it was all the finishing touches coming together that day. So in between like doing bits of hair and makeup throughout the day, I was going out and checking all the details off with Georgie, all the different suppliers. All of my bridesmaids are um, XPR girls and boys. So everyone was with me, <laughs> the full yeah. team, checking everything off. And um, then I think eventually, you know, we all got dressed, had a bottle of champagne. And then it was just, I feel like from the moment I put my dress on to walking down the aisle, it went so quickly. Um, and yeah, then we had the ceremony and then it went into the reception, which was just like a really fun party. Um, music pumping we had great speeches I didn't want to have too many speeches I feel like it breaks up the wedding vibe sometimes mm. so we had um, Nick's brother was our MC and he did an amazing job um, then we had my dad speak um, Nick Nick's best man and Nick and it looked like from your photos on Insta that it was all outside what was the weather like did you have any backup plans for too hot too cold well it was pretty stressful because the week leading up to our wedding it was like literally flooding it was torrential rain fabulous right and then um actually like for the week after our wedding it was like a heat wave and I knew that that was a risk. Like the day that I went and looked at our venue, it was a heat wave. It was like 38 degrees. Mm. So we knew that that would be a possibility. So that's why we had the marquee set up. I mean, it would have been amazing to have not had a marquee and had done that dinner just like open air. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to take that risk. We also had a secondary marquee, which you can't really see in any of our photos, but the secondary marquee was our kind of wet weather plan for the ceremony. So the ceremony we did kind of right out the front of the house. The house was like the backdrop for it. Mm -hmm. But if it had been raining, we would have done it in our, in that breakout marquee. Gotcha. So there was a backup there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The PR girl and the, um, the best wedding planner in Australia, of course, had a wet weather contingency. <laughs> <laughs> um so, but, so what happened was because we didn't need to use that as the wet weather contingency, because it was a perfect day, um, we used that as kind of like a breakout area. So that had like a second bar set up and all lounges. So that essentially, so that family and like the oldies could go there while we were like on the dance floor in the main marquee. Mm -hmm. Yep. A breakaway. And I think that kind of allows them to, I suppose, feel like they're still part of it and still into it without being in the middle of a mosh pit. Yeah, exactly. And like, a, for, like far enough, like it wasn't, you know, it was a few steps away, but far enough away that they weren't sitting in amongst the speakers as well so that they could have, you could have a conversation over there and um, then come and join in if you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so the wedding day, you were lucky enough that it wasn't, you know, horrific conditions. How, because Redleaf, you were mentioning earlier um, in our chat that it wasn't a very well-known um, venue for weddings. Did you have any restrictions um, that you had to have your music off by a certain time or guests off the property or were you, you know, lucky enough to be able to party until the sun came up? 
I'm like, oh my God, what would Matt want me to say right now? <laughs> no, there, was, <laughs> there was definitely restrictions. I cannot remember now what they were, but they were pretty cruisy, like everything within reason, which was good. But we had a recovery the next day on the property. So we were quite keen to have an end date. Mm-hmm. Nick and I both l- love a good party and so do all of our friends and our families so we were also conscious that we had to have a clear end time and kick everyone out also we had to get everyone off the property which is really in the middle of nowhere so we had buses come and there was like quite a strict end end time I feel like it was around midnight maybe 12 30 we had buses come a little earlier than that as well in case some people wanted to go a bit sooner um, but we were, con- as I said, we we're conscious of, of wrapping up because we had another big day to back up the next day. And so many people you talk to f- with recovery parties, like those, the next days can sometimes turn out to be bigger than the wedding day itself. I think it's definitely bigger for the bride and groom and the bridal party and anyone who played like a significant role in the wedding day because you know you've got the responsibility that you're getting up to talk or um whatever it is you're doing so at least on the recovery that's like the day you can let your hair down well that's that's how Nick described it to me it was the day he could let his hair down because he didn't have to be worried about doing our first dance and doing his speech (laughs) yeah yeah exactly because it is it's a lot of pressure on you guys and even if you are the most relaxed if even if you are just like do you know what whatever will go will go there is still that level of pressure that you put on yourself to have everything right and everything flow smoothly and no hiccups and you know you you we all put a bit of uh, we all put a bit on each on ourselves and you being in the industry that you're in as well I would imagine it would be quite um you know you know how it want you want it to go so that's how it would have to go. You have expectations and you want them all met and then therefore there's expectations on everyone. Mm. And yeah, so everyone's like trying to put their best foot forward. So I think the recovery is such a nice thing to do if it makes sense in the flow of what you're doing for your wedding because it allows all those kind of like key people to let loose. Did you have a favourite part of your wedding day? Is that is that easy to pick out? Did you have a favourite moment? Oh, I mean, so many things. I don't know where to begin, but I think probably for me a really special moment was walking down the aisle with my dad because I actually surprised everyone and had arranged bagpipes. So I had told Nick that I was going to, and, and everyone for that matter, that I was going to walk down the aisle to like the traditional here comes the bride mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nick was so shook by it but I was so um savage towards him on like how dare you question like my vision like I've wanted that since I was a little girl like I'm obviously walking down the aisle to that he was just like I just it's so random it has no relevance like what what do you even he couldn't wrap his head around it but I was so like made out like I was hell-bent on it but obviously you know my my maiden name is McDonald I'm from a Scottish family and so bagpipes have been like a big part of my upbringing in life and Nick is a old Scots boy and he can actually play the bagpipes so that's like a big yeah so that's a big thing for him and his family he's one of four boys they all are um, 
old Scots boys too. So, um, you know, when it got to, I had one song play for the bridesmaids to come down. So everything's underway. And, you know, during the day we had to sneak the pipers onto the property without Nick seeing. And we had done rehearsals throughout the week when he had like gone off to play golf with my dad or whatever. We'd had them rehearse so that one like kind of popped out a window, one piped through like an entrance at the, of the venue and then one piped my dad and I down the aisle. So it was like a whole moment. It wasn't just like, you know, three bagpipers just like arrived. We had a whole kind of choreography behind it as well. And it was so moving. Like to me, there's just nothing more emotive than bagpipes playing. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think there was a dry eye in the room. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that was like a really special moment because I'd also like, I just, Nick just came undone. I could see him holding it together. But as soon as they started playing, he was just like, I just saw a tear come down his eye and I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. I was like, yeah. you better cry when I come down the aisle. <laughs> so they like moment. There's not many instruments that make your hair stand on end, but bagpipes is one of them. Yes, 100%. And just having that like, as I said, that meet, that's like real meaning behind it as well for both of us and our families just made it even more special. Yeah. yeah. Well, Montana, now that you're married and, you know, you got this incredible day in pre-COVID, it's actually really nice to chat before, <laughs> before BC, BC, before COVID. But what is your best piece of advice? Because you did... You did it on a property that didn't, you know, generally host a wedding. You did it all yourselves. You brought everything in. You know, you you definitely didn't do it the easy way. What's your one piece of advice for brides that are considering potentially a private property wedding and, and you know, don't even know where to start? Um, I think it would be that no matter what you decide to just enjoy the process and make sure that every element to what you're planning is true to you and your partner. And if you do do that and you stick to that, you can't go wrong. I think it could become overwhelming if you're trying to emulate something else you've seen. Um, and then also I think just don't worry if things don't go to plan because nobody there knows the plan except you. That is it. Wise words of advice. Well, you know what, I'd love to, I would love to claim that they were mine, but actually Helen told me that's my final dress fitting. <laughs> I was like, thank you so much for saying that. That's so true. <laughs> but it is. It is so it. true. That's so funny. Thank you for joining us, lovely. It's been so great to chat. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate all your good advice. My pleasure. I mean, I could keep going all day. You got any other questions? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. 
Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.